This episode of Little Bit of Life Podcast is sponsored by Explicit Essentials, badass bath products for badass babes. They are a classic that started out in the basement, very humble beginnings in Queens, New York. However, they now have a warehouse outside of Knoxville, Tennessee, and a badass all-female staff. All of their products are incredible, trust me. They come from shower steamers all year round, which is their bestseller, and their humidity titties. Yes, you heard me right. Humidity titties and sweaty balls sack chafing powders that have been incredibly popular and bestsellers this hot girl summer. Make sure you head over on their Instagram at Explicit Essentials, or you can head right on over to their website and shop today. Shop ExplicitEssentials.com. And for today's very special listeners, they gave us a code. Try code LITTLEBIT20 for 20% off of your order on their website today. This is an incredible company. I got their badass bitch lotion, and yes, I have their humiditities chafing powder for the underboob. Ladies, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Make sure you head over today and grab some badass products with some badass names with Explicit Essentials today. Welcome to the Little Bit of Life podcast. I'm your host, Tabitha, better known as Little. You may think you know me from social media, but Little is shown off the apps. That's until now. This podcast is dedicated to having those real, raw, and occasional chats together about what we seem to think but don't say. Special guests will join me that have impacted me along the way. Nothing is off limits. Sit back, take time for yourself. You've earned it, and enjoy today's topic. One voice, one story at a time. Let's dive in together. You make me want to be a better man. Can I just say no to you? Kind request. Leave it that. Yes. Fine, of course I am. Of course. I'm sorry, Harry. I know it's New Year's Eve. I know you're feeling lonely, but you just can't show up here, tell me you love me, and expect that to make everything all right. I love you. I've loved you for nine years. I've just been too arrogant and scared to realize it. Well, now I'm just scared. So. Why are you at the party? Oh, because it's a dance, and to dance, you need a partner. My partner is right here. Okay, it's it's too late. I'm with somebody else. I'm happy. This ship has sailed. So what do you say? You have to sort of put away feelings or whatever the hell it was that you felt for Hey, I've been doing it since the ninth grade. I've gotten pretty damn good at it. All right, fine. You go ahead and you do that, all right, Ross? Right. I don't need your stupid shit. Good. Now say you are good, too. If you're a bird, I'm a bird. I made that bet before I knew you, lady. Before I really knew me. What was it for, anyway? I mean, what did you end up losing? My best friend. Hey, then you're gonna have to understand that you're with a guy who's not gonna stop planning his future with you because he knows we're gonna end up together. And if that scares you, tough. Because you're gonna have to deal with that. Fine, I will. Good, because I love you. Oh, yeah? Well, that's the first time we've said that. Yes, it is. Well, I'm going to kiss you. Well, you better. We're sorry. It is not 
No, wait, maybe not. Dating in 2023? <laughs> What's that? That's a joke. I have a better chance of going standing out in traffic and not getting hit by a car. <laughs> I'm good. Dating today is an absolute joke. It's pathetic. It's like a dumpster fire mixed with a flood and a fucking hurricane. I would literally trust gas station sushi over somebody telling me that I am the only one they are talking to. Dating is like a dumpster fire. <laughs> you know, dating in 2023 is so unique. You know, we've always been told our entire lives that there's more fish in the sea. There's plenty of fish in the sea, you know. Um, but sometimes I feel like we're, um, we're fishing in Lake Springfield off the Simpsons. Dating? What's dating? Do you mean situationships, cheating, lying, and narcissistic abuse? But what the fuck is dating anymore? What I've learned in the dating pool is dating is like a shark pool. They either attack, they're crazy, or their sense of smell is who can they destroy. I could honestly sit there and talk about this topic all day, um, but I will say this. The one thing that drives me crazy and the reason I don't give many people second dates is because this world is so stuck in their cell phones. Dating is like hanging out with your trash can full of old, spoiled food that you just want to light on fire because dating is a dumpster fire. Oh gosh, how do I feel about dating? I would say don't do it because it's not worth it. Hey guys, welcome in. We are launching season four. Where's the time gone? I don't even know, but I am so happy that you guys are right here with me right now. Let's dive into today's episode. From judging the intros, do you kind of guess what today's topic is about? Dating. When you say that word dating, you get the ick. I know I do. And especially, what if I told you for today's episode that maybe the way you're dating is wrong, but maybe the way that you're dating is right, or maybe there's somewhere in between. I love throwing topics your way when we talk about dating and we talk about life choices, life decisions, and I kind of wanted to just go on this topic for season four. It is called E&M. Do you know what that is? Ethical non-monogamy. Um, hi, did I get your attention now? Thought so. Sit back and enjoy today's very special episode with Nicole. She is a relationship dynamic coach that is giving us permission to pursue sexual and or romantic partners and knowing the difference between putting people in boxes or categories based on romance and relationships and really how we cut off our dating options from those boxes and societal dating expectations. Sit back, relax, enjoy, and make sure you interact on today's episode on the poll. If you're listening on Spotify, I want to know, are you dating the right way or do you think maybe now after listening, you're dating the wrong way? Let's dive in and make sure you don't get the ick on this one. Just sit back, enjoy, and maybe take a few notes here and there. Hey guys, welcome into another episode, Little Bit of Life podcast right here with your host, Little. I'm very excited for this episode today because it's different. We've talked true crime and trauma and domestic violence, and we've talked about some kind of very heavy topics, but today we're talking about societal dating, sex, societal dating, and more sex. Like, how do you not love this topic? I have on a very special guest with me today. Her name is Nicole, and she's diving right in with us on this topic because let's just say she's kind of like... If you watch that Eat, Pray, Love movie, it's kind of like the guru of dating. So, Nicole, welcome. How's it going? Good. I'm so happy to be here. I can't wait. It's like 
you know, I love talking about it. And so any chance I get, I just want to talk about it. I'm excited. We're talking about ENM. And if you haven't heard about that, because trust me, I will not say who told me, but I had a little birdie on my shoulder. It's a great friend of mine. Kind of bring this into my day-to-day life of talking and bringing this up in conversation. It's ethical non-monogamy. When we say that, it's what in the hell are we talking about? All right, let's dive in. What is (laughs) ENM? So ethical non-monogamy is where you are choosing to not be monogamous with your partners, but you're also letting them know that's how you're going to be dating or relating or having partners. Um, You're giving them the choice. I kind of like to think of it more as consensual non-monogamy. CNM is not as broadcasted as ENM. However, with CNM, they're consenting to whatever you're telling them that you're doing. That way they actually have the power to say, yes, I'd like to be in a relationship with you knowing that you have other partners or, you know what, that's really not kind of what I'm vibing with or I'm aligning with. So um, thank you for letting me know. But, you know, at this time, I just can't do it. Um, And so it's just a more ethical way of letting people know that what I consider to be dating and what the, the mainstream idea of dating is, um, that you aren't the only person that they're talking to or sleeping with or partnering with or any kind of like other relationship that you are, are having with other people. I think that's hard in the dating field because it's something where, this is where we're going to get real. But oh, Absolutely. Like growing up, I was always raised that, you know, no one's perfect. You always hear that. No one's perfect. No one's going to check all your boxes. You just have to accept the good and then just have to kind of pass by the bad. But I think in this societal dating that we're in now of, I mean, we've got how many different dating apps that are out there at your fingertips and you can not say swap the people that you're interested in, but it can happen within a matter of minutes or seconds. Everything is so accessible. So when we're talking about ENM, I think it's interesting because it's almost as if you can have multiple partners in the way that you choose that is best fit, but you don't, you have somebody that may connect on a certain box with you for a romantic relationship, somebody that may be that serious partner for you, someone that's an adventure partner. You have the ability, which sounds so selfish, but you have the ability to have all of your boxes checked. If you're a female or a man on this and you're listening like, that's not possible. This is making that possible. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing too is, with all of the apps and things like that, like I had, um, I actually had uh, talked about this with a friend of mine too, where I feel like dating nowadays, you're put into two buckets. You're either romantically put into a bucket or it's a no bucket. And there's so many gray areas in between romance and nothing that I think a lot of people are missing out on making really good friends. I have friends that I just go hiking with. I have friends that just play pickleball with. I have friends that, you know, I definitely are going to go to play parties with. And I have friends that, you know, maybe eventually down the road, it might spark into something like a partnership or a relationship. But when I look at somebody, I find out a wide range of what they possibly could be to me. And I think that with um, trying to be like doing the ethical monogamy, you're giving yourself permission to actually get to know these people. You don't have to sleep with everybody. I think that's the biggest caveat to this is a lot of people think, well, I'm not monogamous, so I'm just going to sleep with every single person I meet. (laughs) Yeah. I personally don't want to sleep with everybody I meet. And I'm sure people who meet me are like, "Uh, yeah, I don't really want to sleep with you either. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
but it's giving yourself permission to actually form relationships with people um, and multiple people. It's not like, oh, I need to put all of my energy in this one person and hope that they cross all my, you know, T's mm-hmm. and dot all my I's and they fit in this bucket. And I'm, it's so much pressure on everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't make dating fun at all. I don't think dating is fun at all. So when we like <laughs> talk about this, I mean, I just got out of a, a very recent relationship and it was something where, you know, I think it's that expectation of, you know, even we're putting age brackets into it. You know, I'm in my late thirties and you feel like, okay, in my twenties, I was supposed to kind of have it figured out. In my thirties, I was supposed to be kind of like locked down and the white picket fence and the marriage and the kids. And now I'm like, Oh my God. Like, I don't think I have anything. I don't have anything figured out. And then you throw this concept of dating in and I'm like, Oh man, I really have a lot to learn. But I love how you talk about you don't have to sleep with every person because we've heard it all like polyamory relationships and swingers. And it's, it's almost this negative mindset of it all involves sex, but what you're processing and what you're working through with so many different people as a coach is it doesn't have to be that way. It's all about connection, which I think in the dating world, that's what we're missing is that connection, but it's a natural progression. Exactly. And that's why I think a lot of people, and again, I am all for when you meet somebody and the chemistry's there and and you just want to dive in, absolutely go for it. Um, But I do think that a lot of people need to take a step back um, and actually see if this this person's um, energies are aligning with your energies as opposed to going, oh, I really like this person. So the next step is going to be a sexual relationship and it's going to be a monogamous relationship. And then we're going to get married and we're going to do, and then you kind of like create this false idea of what this relationship is going to be before you even meet this person and know anything about them. If you think about your best friends, like when you meet your friends, how long does it take to actually get to know your friends and to be on that level of friendship with them? And so that's kind of how I view any type of relationship is if I'm going to meet somebody, I want to take it on those types of levels because that's going to be my partner, possible partner. Um, And I think jumping into it is just you're putting all these expectations on everybody. You're putting so much pressure on yourself and you're also missing any red flags that could come up because you have romanticized this idea of people. And then all of a sudden, like a month, two months down the road, you're like, oh, man, I totally didn't see that flag. And then and then you're kind of stuck. You're deciding, OK, well, is that flag really worth it or, you know, and um, and so I think like everybody just needs to slow down a little bit mm-hmm. um, and actually get to know people before mm-hmm. they decide where you're going to categorize them. Um, I'm yeah. guilty of that. I mean, I'm I have. I have looked back for years now and I'm like, man, like I get the hype and you get, you know, all your girlfriends, you get the outfit and you've got everything prepared. And it's always this, I mean, I love my girlfriends that are listening. I love you guys to death. You're like amazing. But it's always that, okay, so if you like him, could this be the one? I can't even tell you how many initial dates or even just I'm going to hang out with this person. It was this expectation and pressure and then anxiety and all of that that comes on it of, Man, like us women, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just me. I'm maybe that freak of nature. I know in the first couple seconds of walking up, if I like you in that romantic way or not, I know. And maybe it's like that just I've been burned so many times, but I know that. And so 
now, you know, like you said, I love how it's, you're building relationships, you're working on connections and that is a natural progression because even in my last two relationships, talk about red flags waving in my face. I mean, it was, it was like an SOS from a plane, but I was already, like you said, I was already in that of, okay, well, I've already committed. I like this romantically with you. I feel comfortable with this bond that, you know, I think I've probably created a lot of in my head ahead of the game, kind of like what you were saying, Mm -hmm. but you're already in it. And so once you're in it, it's okay, well, I'll just look past that or I'll just continue. Or maybe that's not really that important to me. I can let it slide. But then when you're like in this phase of, oh man, I'm in the breakup. Why did I let that slide? Like, why was I just so much, you know, empowered of, for I always say forcing the fit. And I always say that you cannot force a fit when you're dating friendships. And it's all about that connection, which brings me to the really big question that I know is on everybody's ride. It's on everybody's mind. I have to know. Jealousy. How does that work in this realm of like picking things that you like? It's almost like you're going to the store and you're picking out a friend and partner at the same time. Well, and actually I was talking to another friend of mine um, about this too. Even so when you're in poly, E&M, C&M, any of those types of swinger relationships, anything like that, you have all the same normal feelings. You get jealous, you get um, scared, you get... um, anxious and things like that. For me personally with jealousy, if I'm jealous over something, I'm missing something from my partner. So whether or not I'm not jealous of them doing something with other people, I'm more jealous of maybe they haven't, we haven't been able to connect as closely that I wanted to in that week. Maybe I've had a really stressful day or a really stressful week and I just need them to be there a little bit more. And that takes us into communication The biggest thing for me that I have learned doing all of this and actually, so I've been in this for about 22 years now. Um, I didn't realize my relationships up through college all the way till now were open relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in the last five years, I kind of delved more into it and I have been in multiple different types of relationships. And so like I've learned that the communication level with people that are in these types of relationships is amazing because you have to be, you have to be able to communicate your wants and needs. You have to be able to understand what somebody else is communicating to you. You have to have extremely hard conversations um, because things cannot be nuanced and you cannot assume anything in these types of relationships. Mm -hmm. And so taking that away, I think that people in monogamous relationships, which I find nothing wrong with those. um, I think that they could use that level of communication because If you're getting jealous about something, you need to be able to communicate to your partner why you're feeling that and not put blame on them, but kind of try to look at yourself and say, you know what, maybe I'm missing something. Like maybe I haven't voiced what I actually want or voiced what I really want to do. And Mm -hmm. so then you get to practice that too. I know listeners are probably like, whoa, okay, little, you're like way outside the box. What is going (laughs) on? But I'm interested and I'm intrigued because I'm one of those that, you know, maybe I haven't been doing it right. Maybe I am doing it right. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Or maybe I just have no clue what the hell I'm doing. I think I'm kind of in that realm right now. (laughs) I think a lot of people are. (laughs) But I mean, I feel like there's this huge momentum and shift of there's so many relationships that are imploding. There's so many divorces that are happy. Divorce rates are sky, like just skyrocketing. And I think that it's that. That how we were raised based on our parents, how they were raised from their parents, generational, but like, I feel like our generation, we're just like blowing up all expectations. 
And it's something where, you know, I have friends that are in, you know, the poly world and, you know, stuff like that. And it's something where I was like, okay, I mean, I'll be the first to admit, you're weird. Couldn't do that. I'm jealous. I don't share. I didn't share my toys as a kid. I am not sharing my partner as an adult. I'm not doing it. But it's interesting because I always had like this sense of guilt when I would hear them talk because it was almost as if they were living their life, finding their partners, creating those relationships. And they had such a freeing type of, I'm not going to say, it's, it is lifestyle, but it's something where their communication, like you said, was better than my communication in my monogamous relationship. And I was like, okay, you've got like all these other people involved and your life is easier, less dramatic and less complicated than mine with one person. Okay. Why is this happening? So I think it's interesting. What made you get kind of into this realm of being that non-traditional relationship coach, because I'm sure, especially after this episode, sorry, your DMs are going to be blowing up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like I had said, um, about uh, five years ago after my divorce, I I had sat down with a friend of mine who actually did all of my tattoos and um, we, he was opening up his relationship. And so we kind of, I mean, you're in a chair for three plus hours. And so we just naturally started talking about it. And so when we were talking about it, I kind of looked back at all the relationships I had had that worked, the ones that felt natural to me, the ones that I was like, man, this is a hundred percent what I would really like in my life continuing. And, um, and so then I started reading books. I started meeting people. There are a couple apps out there that are for um, people who are in open relationships. Um, some are better than others, like any dating app out there. Um, and, uh, and so I just started to meet these people in every possible type of relationship that I could. It was almost like I kind of picked and choose. I was like, okay, I haven't tried poly yet. Let me try that one. I haven't tried, I haven't tried swingers yet. Let me try that one. And, um, and so I kind of like crafted what I wanted in my own partnership. And then I started to find myself attracting people who either had never been in this or were just starting out. And so I had found that people started to tell me, you're super comfortable to be around. I could talk about it. It doesn't bother me. I'm non-judgmental and um, and uh, educational. And so it just kind of spawned from there. And so then after a while, giving people advice and and bringing people in, I just kind of sat down and said, "You actually think I think you can do this? Like this is your niche. Like this is this is it. Everybody asks you anyway, and you're not afraid to share and you're not afraid to put it out there. So let's see if we can um, we can help other people out. Um, and again, like I said. Just because you start ENM doesn't mean that you are going to be open, like you had said, sharing. Mm-hmm. If you, what is your idea of sharing? Is your idea of sharing just sexually sharing, or sharing your partner with other people to do other things? That's the hard part. It depends on how invested I am in that partner. Because I mean, I've had partners that I'm like, yeah, I don't care if you have friends that are, you know, interests, or you go out and have, you know, beer, or you go camping or hiking or something. Versus like my last one, I was like, oh no, I like, you're not even leaving the driveway. I will cut you. I will steal your keys. You're not going anywhere. But it's something too, that like my last one, I was very comfortable in my relationship that I didn't worry about others Mm -hmm. versus the one prior. It was almost like that jealousy. And and when I look at it, it was that lack of communication and that lack of trust, which 
kind of brings me to that question of if there's people that are like, okay, yep, my dating life is not working. My structure is not working. I'm going to kind of just look into this. How do you bring this up in conversation? Because you can't just go on like a regular, you can't go on Bumble or whatever else is out there, or Tinder and be like, hey, I want to date multiple people because you're not going to be in that mixture of people that one, understand, two, like you said, they're educational and three, you're going to get a lot of judgment because Let's be real. If people don't understand something, they judge first instead of just listening and learning, which is why we're doing this episode today. Yeah, absolutely. And so anybody who wants to start it, the biggest thing that I say is once you meet somebody, especially on a dating app or anything like that, there are multiple all across the dating apps. Once you know what the terms are, you will find them. You will find them on every single platform. Um, they will put a couple things in there. Open-minded is a lot of big ones. Um, E&M is in there a bunch and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing is don't bring up, you don't need to bring up the conversation the, immediately after you meet somebody. Because again, the whole goal is to get to know whether or not you even want to date this person. Do you want this to go further than a couple text conversations and meeting for coffee or meeting for dinner and things like that? So if you bring it up too close in the beginning, I would I find in my personal experience, um, a lot of guys will assume that you are going to just want to sleep with them. Yeah. Oh, I'm open. So then it turns into a way more sexual relationship. And if you're not looking for that, then there's no reason to bring any of that up. And, um, and so once you've met somebody and once you've said, okay, man, this, this person, I definitely want to see this person again, um, then you can bring it up in a conversation. And that is definitely hard. It gets easier as you go, but you could also bring it up as, um, what are your views on dating? And ask them, just say, hey, you know what? What are your views on dating? Right now, I am talking to a couple people. Um, I am I'm, I am dating, which means that to me, I am seeing people or, or going out with people, multiple people at this time. Um, if we start seeing each other, we can definitely do a check in. If we, you know, if we see this going somewhere and decide whether or not we want to close it or we want to keep it open. But I just want to let you know that right now I would really con- love to continue seeing you, but I am also seeing other people. It can be super simple like that. Like until you actually have a sexual relationship with somebody, nobody needs to know any of that stuff. Yeah. It's always you do that not. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's always that like, so I really, it's always like the end of like dating or the dates, if you want to call it a date or the meetup or whatever, like, so are you hanging out with other people? Oh, it's like your heart just is like, uh, uh, like yeah. because then it's like, I feel like, especially in what we're talking about with your topic, it's, it's okay to say, yes, I am because it's accepted versus monogamy. It's. Well, I mean, you kind of have to like tiptoe. Yeah, well, I am, but I really like you. But it's like, okay, this kind of just gets rid of all the weird, awkward of this is who I am and you either accept it or you don't, which leads me to a very interesting scenario. So because you mentioned it, just because you can do check-ins and then you could possibly close it off. So in this new realm of dating, let's say that you're seeing somebody, but you're also openly talking to other people. You want to close it with one person, but they still want to stay so-called in that scene. How does that work? How does that conversation even come up? And what happens then on communication? Because I feel like that would be a, the hardest conversation in all of this of, hey, I really like you. I think you're kind of what I want. So how do you close that once you're so-called, your foot's in the door? Well, I guess the other thing too is, so you have to decide. So let me backtrack for one second. I think the biggest thing too, especially with dating nowadays or dating period, You have to sit down and you have to write out exactly what you want, but you have to write out exactly what it makes you feel. 
I want somebody who does this for me because it makes me feel like this. Because if you put feelings in things, then it's going to be easier when you meet people to say, okay, you know what? Maybe they're not completely aligned with me, but I love the fact of their sense of adventure and it makes me feel like, ooh, I can share that with them. Mm-hmm. So once you've started established dating somebody and you feel like, you know what, this is it, I'm going to invest time in it, you can actually just say that to them and just say, hey, listen, I love that this where this is going. Um, I have decided that I'm going to just invest time in you. Um, and then you have to decide and be ready for them to say, I'm going to invest in you too and close it off or I'm not ready yet. And once they say that, again, it's another decision are you going to be comfortable enough to trust that you know what you want, you know what kind of catch you are, you know what you're worth, Mm -hmm. and allow that person to make their own decision because you can't control what they're going to do. And the second that you try to do that, you're going to force their hand into something maybe they're not ready for. Maybe they need a couple more days to decide. Maybe they need a week. Maybe they need to look at themselves or look at the people that they're already dating and decide, oh, you know what? She's right. She's way worth it over these people. I'm going to make that decision. And then it's a way better relationship start as opposed to being like, well, I'm closing it. So you have to. I think my fear, and maybe it's just me being uneducated with this, but my fear would always be how much is enough? And I I wonder if listeners are kind of questioning that too of, are you ever going to find what you're looking for? Because I feel like with so many options and spending time with people, and like you, you've said, you choose how many people you interact with and bond with. And, and that's mm-hmm. part of dating. Yeah. But my thing is like, it's almost like you're a kid in a candy store and you have so many samples. When do you stop sampling? Like, when does your stomach start hurting? And you're like, okay, I, I've had enough. Because like we've talked about from the beginning, this isn't all sexual. So, I mean, I'm really focusing on the emotional connection and you almost get that sense of, ease, I guess it sounds like with yourself because you're finding your feelings and communicating. So what happens when you're just, there's so many options, like, is it ever enough or do you ever just get tired of it? Well, absolutely. It's like any type of dating. There are definite times where I'm like, you know what? I can't talk to anybody new right now. I can't do the small talk. I can't do any of that kind of things. You do still look at it as, as intentional. So what are your intentions? When I meet somebody, my intention is to see what kind of friend they're going to be to me. I know exactly what friends I have. I know exactly what I like in my friends. And I know exactly what kind of friend I am. So like when I meet somebody pretty quickly, I can tell whether or not you're going to be part of my friend group. Like, are you going to, and then, then once I've decided that, then it's like, oh, I'm going to actually date you. I date my friends just as much as I date romantic partners. I think a lot of people miss that out, especially Mm. when you're dating, because you're always looking new, 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 and you're not. Uh, creating these like bonds and relationships with friends because you're like, oh, well, they'll be there. I don't have to worry about them. Mm-hmm. And so um, so if you kind of split your time where it's like, I'm going to take, if you have, I don't know, five days a week that you're free, three days a week, I'm going to do things for myself. I'm going to go do a really fun dance class. I'm going to go to paddle boarding or something like that. And then you take those other two days and you make sure one of those days is for your friends. I'm going to nurture the friendships that I have because who knows if you could spawn something from any of those. Mm -hmm. And then one day is for new people. And I think that will slow you down. Um, So I think looking at, you know, even my past relationship and the one before that, I dated long distance. And I often wonder if it's because I was kind of looking at it as it was like a safe spot of I'm connected. 
but I'm still, I have my life. I have my freedom, my independence. And even, you know, with my last relationship, it's one where talking about dating and stuff like that, I, I always have almost rushed and talking to friends and family. I always rush into that. Okay. Like you said, you fit, you fit in this box. Do I like you romantically or do I not? And it's always, I always discarded people if they were not without even knowing them. It was just that face value. And when my ex and I met, it was kind of weird because when we're talking about dating, normal dates for a first date is not somebody flying in from out of state where you pick them up for the first time at an airport, like, hi, after texting, you know, a couple weeks. And it's like, oh, stay at my house for three days. And, you know, it's almost like we went from, hi, nice to meet you to, and it was, don't get me wrong. We were so completely comfortable with each other. It was almost like we had known each other forever, which was really weird. But it was something where I just jumped into it and there was no friendship. Like, I don't think since I was 25 and now I'm 37, I think I've been missing that point of I don't meet somebody and look at them as a friend, create that bond first and experiences and get to know them, as my mom likes to say. I just jump from, hi, you're good looking. I like you. I like this, like that. Okay, we're together. And then when you're in that, then you're like, oh, holy shit, I went really fast. And now I'm not sure if I like this, but I do like this, but I'll pass on this. But you're already in it. So this process is interesting to me because it allows you to slow down, allows for natural progression, allows you to learn about yourself and what you want. Because through our conversation, it really, I picked it up. You're, like, your expectations from what you need can change, and that's mm-hmm. okay, versus like when you said, you know, write down what you're looking for and how you feel and how things make you, those could change. I mean, heck, if I wrote that right now, I think that would change on an hourly basis. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we have to give ourselves a little bit of grace. And I think that this is a very interesting topic to talk about in dating, because I'll be honest, when we first came on and I first started hearing about this and trust me, I Googled until my fingers fell off. I mean, <laughs> There's so much information. <laughs> But I sat there and at first I was like, ew, no, like I don't share. I don't, I wasn't raised that way. But then when I was reading, I was like, okay, there's like bits and pieces that, okay, yeah, I get it. I get it. And it's something where, you know, I have friends that are practicing this and it's almost that guilt. I think it's, how do you get past that guilt? Like first walking into this when you've been raised a certain way, like if you go on a date and you like somebody, that's it. You dive all in. You don't talk to other people. So how do we get rid of that guilt for listeners that might be wanting to try this out for the first time? Yeah. And guilt is real because it took me a long time. It also took me a long time to put it out in the public. It took me a long time to, I mean, some, a couple of my friends knew, but they were specific friends. And so like the guilt is real just simply because society keeps telling you you're wrong. It's mm-hmm. society. I mean, even when you meet people in this and you're like, oh, well, that can't work for me because I can't do that. I have a kid. Mm-hmm. I have this. I have that. There's no way that I could make this work. Like you guys are just this rare breed that can do this. And so what you need to do is you need to, again, decide what you really are looking for, like what you're comfortable with. And the biggest one is if you go back to your past relationships, think about what didn't work for them. And for me, that was a big one because I realized that the two monogamous relationships that I had over my multiple years um, did not work. And it didn't work for a multitude of reasons. But one of the biggest reasons was I didn't feel like I could be myself truly. And then you go into the, okay, well, who actually are you? Like, who are you as a person? Like, what are your likes and dislikes? What are your desires in anything in life? And then also in relationships. And so I, the guilt part is one of those things that eventually it will go away. The biggest thing is it will keep coming up, um, mm-hmm. just like jealousy, 
just like any of the other feelings that you have, simply because we're human beings. And sometimes you'll meet somebody and you'll really like them, like really like them. And they aren't open to the type of relationship you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And you have to decide, do I want to hold fast to what my beliefs actually are? Or am I going to try to fit into the box that they want me to fit into? And that's the biggest caveat. And I think that's for any relationship. It's, am I going to lose myself or parts of me to fit what they want just simply because I really like this person? And it's also coming from a place of lacking. Because if you're thinking like that, you're kind of coming from a place of, oh, I'm never going to meet somebody like this again. I'm never going to have this feeling again. I'm never. And if you really think about it, you probably have had multiple times of those feelings. <laughs> yeah, guilty. Like, That's like, under my brain. Of, this yeah. is exactly what I've been looking for. Where have you been? And then exactly. when it ends, it's like, oh my God, who the hell did I just turn into? And where yes. did I go? <laughs> and then during it, you're like, oh, I'm never going to feel this again. I'm never going to have sex like this again. I'm never yeah. going to be with somebody like this again. And then you give yourself like two months and you're like, oh yeah, I'm in it again. Yeah, and so. <laughs> So, I mean, you have to kind of, again, a lot of it is any of those types of feelings. You have to really think about why you're actually feeling them because surface mm -hmm. value feelings are you typically never the right feelings. That's mm -hmm. never the right thing. It's mm -hmm. always way deeper than that. Like maybe so I, your mom is telling you like in the back of your head, oh, well, you can't, you know, you can't do this because you're supposed to be married with kids and a house and a dog and all of these things. Mm -hmm. It's always the parents. I always feel like we are, we're so afraid to like disappoint our family and like our support system of, because I mean, when I talk to friends, they're like, well, yeah, I mean, what if this is my interest, but I don't want to be a freak and people look at you weird or selfish or and we said about it in the beginning, talking about sex, like, okay. So when you're diving into this, like you said, I don't want to have sex with everybody. I don't want to have sex with everybody. Half the time I don't want to have sex with one person. I just want to do my thing and be left alone sometimes. Like, go away. Leave me be. So we're talking about that. We're going to talk, we're going to dive into that category here. So what if you're going into this and you're like, I don't, I'm open-minded. Yep. But how do you bring that up of like, not trying to be mean, but uh, yeah, I'm open-minded, but I don't want to have sex with you. Like, how do you say, how would you say that to somebody? That's how my brain thinks of, yeah, I'm open-minded, but you, meh, no, but this one, maybe like, how do you categorize that or talk about that? That has to be awkward. Well, I mean, I wouldn't actually like be like, yeah, no, you're out. Um, it's more of like, <laughs> that would be me. I'd be like, oh, well, I think you're out. That's probably why this would never work for me. Cause I'd be like, ouch. I'd be like, my bad, but have a nice time, but can we still go for a hike or like, well, that's it right there. You would bring it up as, you know what? I'm really not feeling something romantically, but I would love to be your friend because you love hiking. I love hiking. Let's keep doing that. And that's all you need to do. It's like any type of relationship. I mean, I'm sure you've met people or dated people and you were like, there's no way I'm sleeping with you. And then you're like, but maybe I'd go have coffee with you again. Um, I and if I'm no. not interested, no, but see, that's where we're getting to categorizing in boxes. Cause I mean, yep. if I walk up and I'm like, nip, you're short, you're this, you're that. I don't like the <laughs> shoes you wore, or you didn't tie your shoes tight enough, or your tags out in the back of your shirt. Like I'm talking, I, mm, mm. <laughs> so the but ick is I, real I just, with you. Oh, the, I got the ick. <laughs> Talk about having the ick. I've got the ick, but it's something where I learned like, okay, just kind of go into it and see what happens. And I did that in the last one. And within a matter of 
two months, my whole life was packed up and I lived and relocated to another state. So if you're listening, slow down, watch the red flags. Those are for real. But that's where those categories come in because I've always looked at people of, if I am not romantically attracted to you in the first couple, I mean, it's bad. I'm bad. I get it. If I'm not attracted to you in the first couple seconds, eh, sorry, you're out the door. I'll still hang out. That's why I don't do dinners. Like when people say, oh, do you go out to our dinner dates? Nope. Why? Too long. I don't want to sit there and talk that long. I know in the first couple seconds, meet me for coffee, meet me for a drink, and then send me on my way. And then I'll let you know. So is it kind of like the same in the dating world, like too, of, I mean, I've been asked before, like, oh, right after a date, first impressions, uh, first impressions is don't ask me that. If I'm interested, you should have known that. So is it kind of the same? Like, because it seems like you have to communicate so much more in regards to your feelings, your expectations and stuff like that, which for me, that would be really hard because I don't want to hurt people's feelings. Yeah, you definitely do have to communicate a lot more. But again, I go into any type of interaction with anybody and I am also not a dinner person. Oh God, that sounds like torture to me. I would rather do something active. Um, I would rather go have coffee or something quick because I think that those prolonged dates, that's the other one, especially with your three-day date. If you prolong a date, over a couple hours, what happens is if you're really good at conversation, you are carrying that date and you are actually super into yourself because that person is just feeding off of you. So you may not even actually have good conversation with this person, but you are bringing so much energy to it that you will go home and be like, man, that was so much fun. And if you really think about it, you probably did not, he probably didn't ask like one or two questions. You are the one who kept it going, especially you with the podcast, you're naturally conversive. So like, it's super easy for you to talk to people and ask leading questions and things like that. And so when you prolong dates, your dopamine levels are so friggin' high afterwards. You're like, oh man, this is my soulmate. This is a person I want to hang out with again. And then you make a date for the next day or make a date for two days later. And you don't have a cooling off period to actually think about whether or not you like this person. And so sometimes when you are caught up in those things, if you give yourself a couple days or a little bit of time between seeing somebody and then like first time and second time, you can at least let your brain reset itself and you can start to think about whether or not you actually like this person. And the second impression is usually the one that I go based off of because mm-hmm. first impressions, everybody's throwing out the good stuff. Everybody's trying to put their best foot forward. Um, and so the second date is usually the one where I'm like, okay, I think I could do friendship with this person. Or for me, I'm like, okay, I think I could put you on a pickleball roster. I'm going to add you to that group chat. That's what we're going to do. Or I'm going to put you on, I know, we'll, maybe we'll work out on Saturday mornings at community workouts. I'll put you on that roster. And so um, I think that people need to slow that down too. It's a big thing right now where people are like, oh, I'm going to go out with you. And then they go out with them somebody four times in one week in yeah. the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it's you're just really kind of falling into a relationship. You're not learning about that person. You're just like, oh, okay, now you're my, you know, you're my, uh, I get the ick. That's when I get the ick. Cause you, then you just get to like this obsession almost of, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, you're everything I've been looking for. Okay. Well, what's my middle name? Uh, yeah. So I'm a most amazing person in the world, but you don't know my middle name, my favorite color, where I was born. Plus I hate those conversations. I think that's why I also cannot imagine dating multiple people at a time because my God, those questions suck. Like, so, do you have siblings? What are you allergic to anything? What's your favorite color? Like you are really going to give a flying shit in a year from now what my favorite color is cuz you're going to ask me 500 more times. Exactly. <laughs> so 
like when I heard about this of like, you know, this discovery so-called of societal dating, I'm like, oh my God. Like the thought process, I'm not even there right now, but it's like the thought process of dating just, oh, yuck. But then like dating multiple people, I'm like, nobody's got time for that. I don't even have time to date one person. But it's interesting because this conversation made me intrigued of, it's not romantically dating. You're not diving in and romantically dating everybody. It's everybody comes in on the same level and then you work your way up. It sounds like in progression based on your bond and how you are getting along with somebody. Then you can categorize it later, but that's how my brain thinks. And I know a friend of mine, like we're almost OCD. We always laugh and joke and it's like, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? But should I tell somebody, but now I feel guilty and now I feel selfish and is there something wrong with me? And I think that that's where the feeling is when so many of us look at this topic of there is no right or wrong way to do it. It sounds like it's a very personable experience based on your comfort and your feelings and your needs. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the misconceptions too, because when people hear ENM or CNM or however a poly or however you want to categorize yourself, they assume that, you know, it's, it's like this one way and like you have to have multiple people and you have to sleep with multiple people and you have to spread your time out over all of these things. Mm -hmm. And it's not like that at all. It's just giving people the option and the freedom to do those choices or make those choices and to do what feels right for them. If things don't feel right for you, don't do it. If, if your whole body is not telling you, hell yes, don't do it. If your mind is like, well, maybe I should, but your body is like, mm, I don't think so. Don't do it. Like it needs to be a hell yes before you do anything. And the, um, and the communication is the biggest piece for this, like you had said before. And once you start communicating what you actually want, what your ideas of relationships are, that's another big one. Like, what do you think of, a, like, what do you categorize as a relationship? Is it romance? Mm-hmm. So when you meet somebody and you become friends with them, are you in a relationship with them? First, yes, friendship. Sometimes that never came. Yeah. It was almost like forced to kind of be a part of it. But it, like I told you, I've done everything backwards. Especially after this conversation, I'm like, oh, my dear Lord, have I done some things backwards. Probably why I'm in this position I'm in now. But it's okay. It's all a learning process. We're educating today. It's okay. But I've done everything backwards. Like, yeah, I meet and now I'm like, hmm, it's like, are you hot? This is so vain, but you know, we're, we're being everybody. Okay. Here's the thing. Everybody's vain. hundred percent. Anybody who says to you that I'm, I don't go for looks on people is lying because that's the first, that's the first thing that you look at. You look at somebody's looks now, whether or not those looks carry them into a relationship is totally different because somebody who's wicked hot could be absolutely the worst, terrible human being. And somebody who is not societally as hot mm -hmm. could be the best relationship you've ever been in. But the yeah. looks, I mean, that's, we're all attracted to certain things. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Cause I was like, okay, are you tall? Yes. No. Okay. You went to the next step. And then are you good looking? <laughs> yes. No. You went to the next step. Do you work out? Do you take care of yourself? You're to the next step. Then do you vibe with my personality? Because let me tell you the, the biggest ick part of it is vibing on every level, but somebody is a straight up dud. They can't yep. talk. They don't know themselves or it's almost the complete opposite of they're so full of themselves that they're not embracing that friendly back and back banter. It's almost like a sport. That's why I hate, that's why I hate dating because it's a sport. It's like everybody's like, hi, we're just in like preseason. So are we going to the Super Bowl? No, you have to play the games. 
And then you get partway and I'm like, I want to do this. This is a game. See ya. But I appreciate having you on and like talking about this. I'm putting all your information in the bio description because I think what you're doing is just amazing because you're educating people on something that, I mean, let's be real. This has been around for quite a while. Mm -hmm. It's just not been a, you know, embraced by society and so many people judge it without knowing. So I wanted you to come on to share everything about this. When somebody talked about it, it kind of came to me first because they were like, CNM. Well, I didn't hear it correctly. And they're like, hey, would you have something about CNM on your podcast? And I was like, CNN? No, I don't do politics. They're like, oh (laughs) my God. And so they're like, no, Google this. And I'm like, it's like 830 at night. And um, are you sure you want me to go into this rabbit hole? And they're like, yeah, let me know. Wow. Talk about Alice. Like I went down that rabbit hole. It was deep. But Mm -hmm. I I liked having you on today and I really appreciate you being vulnerable and educating because I think that that's the biggest misconception, especially surrounding this. It's different for everybody, but you all have this end goal. We all have an end goal. We want to be happy. We want to find somebody that makes and completes us better, but we're still able to keep ourselves in the process. And I don't think that a lot of us are doing that these days. No, I would agree with that. And that's the biggest thing for me. That's 100%. When I got divorced, that was the biggest thing. I um I tattooed own who you own who you are on my arm as a reminder to own myself every single time. And it's kind of been like that progression since since then to now. And now I am a hundred percent who I am all the time to anybody that I meet. Mm-hmm. And um and it's scary sometimes because you know, you aren't gonna be everybody's cup of tea, but everybody's, you know, other people aren't yours either. And so as long as you can own yourself and know yourself, then all of the dating, friendships, all that kind of stuff is just way easier. Awesome. Well, I'm going to put your information in the bio. Your DMs are going to blow up. So sorry, but not sorry, because I feel like so many that are listening, maybe you're just lost and that's okay. Because guess what? I mean, I try and hold it together and relationship wise, completely lost. So maybe this was something that you needed to hear. You got something educational out of it. Maybe a friend needs to hear this, share it out. And definitely if you have questions... She's the guru to go to. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode and this topic. Guess what? Think outside the box because that's what we did exactly today. That's a wrap already on today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for spending your time right here with me. And a very special thank you to today's sponsor. We are stronger together, louder as one, and truly a family connected. Be sure to leave a review to bring others along this journey with us. Tune in weekly on your favorite streaming platform. Or if you're interested in being a guest, send me a message today. Let's get to talking. Until next time, be good to others, be good to you. See you next week.